All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast. Uh, we've had a few technical stuff-ups by me on this uh, podcast. What happened is we've actually already done 15 minutes of banter, but the uh, microphones weren't on, and we don't feel like doing that again. It was very organic, and we can't recreate that. It was beautiful. We're talking about uh, we're talking about <laughs> wogs and uh, we're yeah, talking yeah, about Indians, stuff. and we're talking about uh, what else did we talk about? I can't remember. What we're going to do is we're going to put the banter at the end of the podcast. Okay, it's going to be. Um, not as good quality audio. It's going to be the um, film camera audio, which is actually not bad, but... Um, we'll just make up for in the quality of the content, Yes, right? yes. It's going this to be, is because we're lazy. Yeah. This is because it was brilliant. It's my fault. <laughs> I take I take responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be, there'll, there'll be great banter at the end of the podcast if you're willing yeah. to listen to it, but... Groove on it. Um, how's it going, Jordan? Yeah, it's well, yeah, it, you know what? It actually is really good because I do remember at the very beginning of this podcast, if that happened, there would have been this fuck. <sighs> <laughs> All right, you good to go? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a more relaxed atmosphere, I'm guessing. Yeah, we're into it now. We're uh, second of the year. This is fun. Um, you that know what I want to talk about? I've wanted to talk about and, and pick your brain on this for a, a while, actually. I want to just. I don't understand how a wealth tax would work because I don't see how you can I, – I get – I totally understand how a capital gains tax and, and sort of like wealth, if, if your wealth is, be, is constantly accumulating, you can tax the gains on that. But if you have, say, a house worth $10 million and your wealth tax is 10% or something, so then $1 million of that you, you owe to the government, but your salary might only be 100000 You might have inherited the house or something. How do you tax that? What is like what is because I was watching a secular talk video about this years ago, and even he was saying, you know, we don't know the exact specifics of how the wealth tax would work, but something needs to be done because there's such a concentration of wealth in the one percent and now the point one percent, particularly in America, and it's getting that way. I'm sure the trends here are following that. So, how do you actually? Do it. I mean, is it something like if a corporation, well, if a if a uh, large company wants to become publicly incorporated, then ten percent of the shares then go to the government that they then put into super or some sort of UBI. What do you actually like? How does it? What are the machinations of a wealth tax? That's what I really want to know. God, it's just like it's it's a very broad question because there's so many ways that you could tax wealth. But like, how would you do it? The first thing that I would put in, if I was going to implement like a wealth tax, it would just be a proper land tax. I think that that would be mm-hmm. the fairest way that you could, because really, like I think that this is just like Roosevelt's quote, I think was that um, a nation's wealth comes from its soil. So if you, is another way, huh? So if you own land, so I, so if you own property, mm. is that then a yearly? Uh, tax of i don't whatever one percent of the value of that land or the property on that land how does something like that okay something like that i think that that's like and and the other thing is once you do that uh you can actually eliminate a bunch of more inefficient taxes so one that they just gotten rid of recently is just like uh fuck now i've forgotten what it is stamp duty you know like they got rid of that because it's just so inefficient and oh they gotten rid of that 
I think they're phasing it out or something. Oh. I don't know. No, they are Damn. phasing it. In fact, That'd this is what good. they are doing. They are phasing it out and they're putting in a land tax. But the land tax, right. obviously, because the Liberals are running it, is fucking terrible and it's like regressive and it, okay. <laughs> it, it like actually taxes poor people more. Because mm. it's just like you can't do that. It, it would be... I, I remember reading a report about this years ago, but it was pretty much just saying that if you had a land tax, it would be just as efficient as the GST because that's mm. that's the great thing about the GST. And like, yeah, uh, as much as the, the the labor faggot that I am, I'm gonna have to. I'm always gonna have to be like, just being like, oh yeah, GST terrible and stuff. But like, dude, it did give the states a lot of money. And the other thing is, Keating really wanted to put in a GST in the first place, but then Hawke was just like, this is political suicide. We're not going to be putting this in. Yeah. But the thing, the reason that you want a GST is because it's efficient. It's like a thing that is just going to get paid. That's what you're really looking for in a tax. You are looking for, I, I hate this idea of just like, you know, increasing taxes or decreasing taxes. Like I'm, I'm always advocating for taxes to be increased under the current mechanisms. But what you're really looking for is efficient taxes. So why there's is there's no a, loopholes out of it? Why is a land tax more efficient than stamp duty? Is it because, because stamp like, duty- That's your address. You own that. Yeah. So does stamp duty, is it stamp duty? Because stamp duty relies on transactions and if- you know, the real estate economy is in a boom period. There's a lot more transactions, so you'll be getting more stamp duty, but then it's it's volatile in that sense, whereas a land tax, you always know there's X amount of properties out there in the country, so we can uh, much more accurately discern what the revenue will be. Mm. Is that the reason? Yep, that's one of them. The other thing is that stamp duty is actually easy to avoid. There's like accounting tricks in it. Mm. Um Land land taxes, like if you wanted to properly enforce a land tax, there's very little real room out of it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like we know property evaluations. And mm. there's just like you would just get like an average for the suburb and just be like, okay, you own X amount of land. This is the average sale of like a house. This is how much tax you owe. Mm. Um, really, when you're looking at wealth taxes and things like this, like I, I've never really understood it either. I've never understood what they mean by wealth tax. And I really do think that it is something that just – uh, idiots use when they're just talking about like taxing the one percent because there's just like there's so many different variants of wealth. You See, have to try exactly. and keep, like that's the so okay. Jeff Bezos, for example, right, wealthiest man in the world. Most of his wealth will be in the shares of Amazon, right? Mm. So how do you tax that? Do you just say every year you give us X amount of shares? I mean, what what does that look like? I don't. Or do you tax if you're taxing Amazon itself at a higher rate? Um, well, that's definitely corporate taxes. Yes, that's where that, that one comes that's in. That's true. That's corporate taxes. but but And corporate taxes, this is the other thing as well, because this is a lot of the problem with all the taxes. For instance, in Australia, yeah. there would be no debt problems in this country if the current taxes that we have were yeah. properly enforced. But there's just like you, yeah. you put in a government that just weakly do- doesn't enforce them. For instance, like I've done this. I've done this with a company that I know for a fact is avoiding tax. I have evidence for it. I've given it to the ATO. I've just been like, here it is. Look at the rollover. They're, they're clearly not paying what they're supposed to be paying. Like they're, they're, their effective tax rate is something like 5%. The tax rate in Australia, I think, is 26 28% or something like that. Mm. Where's the rest of the money going? You give them all of that information. The ATO just sits here and says, thank you for your time. And then it just goes into the nether region of bureaucracy. And the thing is, is because in this country, they are deliberately making the ATO weak. They have gotten... 
I can't remember how many jobs that they've cut gut out of it. They put a bunch of people in there that are just see, looking for ways to avoid going after these corporations. And there also seems to be so many, just a lack of incentive and oversight. I don't have the knowledge you do, but with these giant corporations, what we were talking about in the last podcast where there's all these ridiculous positions, well, seemingly ridiculous positions, you 12 board members and the CEO, these all these chain of command that have these immense salaries that would otherwise that money would have probably been contributing to the corporate tax rate but then the corporation could say no that's our costs the, mm-hmm. the 20 million dollar ceo mm-hmm. salary is actually our cost so mm-hmm. we don't we don't pay that they don't pay that in tax then because it's not declared profit no so and then that, that ceo has like a bunch of uh, mechanisms to get rid of the tax because like dude this is the other thing right <clears throat> if you talk to somebody like john howard he and, and ask him, why did you put in all of these loopholes and stuff like that? He'd yeah. be like, that's for the every Australian. Like every Australian has access to these loopholes. But do they have knowledge? Do they have access to the knowledge? Because if you hire like a really good accountant, they'll be able to get your effective tax rate down to like zero. Like so the, most of the richest people in this country pay zero dollars in mm, tax. That's what I, yeah, you always hear that. You hear that that uh, in, in America, all the billionaires virtually pay zero tax and similarly here and it's um well very clearly unfair um and i'm sure there's some uh, malfeasance occurring there but also it could just be because their wealth is tied up in so many complicated assets as opposed to the average person who's just getting them whatever it is 80k a year income where it's very easy to say all right this is the percentage of money you owe to the ato mm. And that's true as well. It's like those complicated assets are harder to tax, but the reason they are harder to tax is because they are deliberately made hard to tax. There's some instances where you should be giving tax breaks. So, for instance, I do actually agree that investments should be given uh, status of tax write-off because I really don't think, especially in this uh like in, in Australia's current society, the worst possible thing that is facing our economy, and one day will burst and you'll see the entire economy crash down with it, is the housing bubble. Um, it's just way too much money in it. I'm so scared of that day. <laughs> oh Look at him sweating. Yeah. So good. Have they, have they shed a date? It'll happen. Yeah, you should be scared, man. Like everyone should well, be scared. They're making of that. a they're they're making a um metro line just near my apartment. So hopefully that will uh, offset whatever the losses <laughs> from the bubble bursting. I'll will occur. Now the way that you would offset that is to properly. Pretty much, it's just like the economy has just been set up to be inflated by building just shit shell apartments. Um, and as a result of that, I think now 20% of all money in this country is in housing. Way too much money to be in something that doesn't actually produce any value. The difference is with companies, theoretically, they're producing value. That's why I think that money should be, you, you should be encouraging your population to invest in companies. You should be like really not encouraging your population to be investing in housing. And the way that you would fix that very quickly, vacancy tax, land tax, um, uh, you know, negative gearing and capital gains. 
you really don't want people investing in property. That's like it's the downside yeah, okay. of it's it's the downfall of like every economy. Every economy is always that. It's just when people start investing in things that just don't produce value. Mm. Uh, and that's another, you know, like I said at the start of this, right? If someone just has a ten million dollar mansion or something, well, they got a net worth of that's their wealth, ten million dollars, but they might not even, you know, they could have a salary of three hundred grand, still a lot, but if they're being taxed at, um, what say they're being taxed at one percent per annum of ten million, that would be a hundred thousand. Well, that's you know a good portion of their salary gone, mm. which they still have two hundred thousand, I guess. But what if they only make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year? I mean, that's a pretty rare example. I don't. I think most people who live in a ten million dollar house probably make more than one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. But do, do don't but, you think? Don't you see the beauty in that as well? It starts eroding inheritance wealth and that's a good thing because you don't want transfer of wealth over generations unless of course that generation earns the money no no well well in that particular situation the they'd still own that property that's worth 10 million because that 10 million dollars of that property is not eroding what's eroding is their the tax income that's just yeah but the tax is then being paid through their income yeah but if, if they wanted that they'd like, have to sell the house otherwise they'd have to keep paying the tax so then they'd have to downgrade to oh no a five million dollar house but then what then the value of the house would go down because the next buyer would know all right i have to pay x amount in tax every year which is mad that's good like you really do want it like it's yeah. like on a, on a macroeconomic okay. scale you really don't want people inflating the value of a house so if they can only so say that like it's worth 10 million dollars now it's like right now for instance like right housing at the moment in sydney there's always just this thing cuz i'm looking for a house to buy and there's always just this thing at the end where they're just being like yeah it's a million dollars and it's like you fucking lying snake i know it's not worth a million dollars i know i'm paying $300,000 more just because you say it's worth this much well, and like everyone's no, just buying into the fact that it's worth this much there's that but then if you don't offer a million dollars someone else will so yeah yeah, but they like again, like it, then it is why worth is that it, much, right? It's but it is worth that much because there's X amount because there's like there's there's a few extremely wealthy property developers that can just like afford to keep heaps of houses in a suburb vacant, and they do that so that they can raise the price. Mm. So like you're really not playing a fair game here. This is like when you get into that like you know, Chinese billionaires. But it's not just Chinese billionaires, it's American billionaires, it's Canadian billionaires, it's Indian billionaires, but there's mm. like and, and Australian billionaires. But like they have the money to buy like entire apartment blocks, entire mm. suburbs between them, because they'll have like property investment portfolios, right? And they'll just be like, Yeah, okay, so we'll just offset this, we'll buy all of these houses, and then we'll just slowly re- slowly release a few houses back onto the market. Just a few here and a few there, so it just causes mm. the price to skyrocket. Like just for a instance, giant game of Monopoly or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's 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 worth at the moment, and that's where you get like the the the, the phrase like property bubble, right? Like there should be a natural inflation of the price of housing, right? Mm. But it should be in line with. Uh, general inflation of like the gen- economy, right? And, and and wages, right? Like that's that's a that's the sign of like a well-oiled fear economy that is actually like 
truly growing instead of just like artificially growing mm. it's just like wages are increasing the overall economy is increasing well, i'm sure there'd be some instances say with if a city became particularly prosperous with certain companies or something like that then the house prices there would oh like in the mining boom in perth yeah yes, and right now true. in byron apparently because all the celebrities are there <laughs> so it's just, oh i might see chris hemsworth <laughs> now that's funny I did not I know that Yeah, I read an article that all the uh, prices in Byron have, have gone up 40% in a year or something. It's probably just a lot of yuppies that are relocating there. If you don't know Byron, no, everyone, I'm pretty sure most people in Australia know Byron, but uh, it's just a very kind of... It was a very hippie town. It still has that hippie edge, but it's quite affluent now, and it's very... It's a straight you know, sort of like. There? anti-vaxxers it's it's sort of a haven for a lot of vegans and um well everyone there's really hot anywhere there's a beach anywhere there's a beach man i don't know it's just the beach thing it's just the attractiveness of course of everyone just just goes up tenfold yeah it's something about the beach um yeah that has its own inflation so yeah byron's just when you you know if if i was if someone said they were from byron and i was doing a comedy show i'd just be like yeah, oh, so you're not vaccinated, haha, or whatever, you know, just some tropes like that. And it'll work. You must be a vegan. You want that organic kombucha? Don't, don't you think that that's like the, of course, that demographic combination is going to result in anti-vaxxers, rich housewives, and hippies? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's nowhere yeah. else on earth. Like, they deserve to be anti-vaxxers, and I don't hold anything against them for being it. Like, they should be. Well, look, at least then that rich kid... You should be ostracized for getting vaccinated there. (laughs) (laughs) At least that rich kid can finally go through, because otherwise they weren't going to go through anything tough in their life, so they can get chicken pox. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They can toughen them (laughs) Yeah, that one weekend that they missed out on surfing. Because, like, the parents are otherwise going to be so, you know... (laughs) I want to make sure they don't have any traumas mm. and they're always loved. They go to Steiner. They have no... <laughs> <laughs> Is there normal fuck, schools in Byron Bay? I doubt it. What are you doing in Steiner? Do you just paint? Like, what do you do? I think, I think so. I make wooden boxes. A lot of that. There's a lot to do with wood. I don't know why. They're obsessed. They're obsessed with woodwork. Like that one blood subject there in like normal schooling. That's maths at Steiner for some reason. <laughs> Look, you no know what else Indian as well? No parents Actually, would have ever send no, their kids to no. no, that's purely a white thing. That's, no one's going <laughs> as wide as you can get. Yeah, I just want it. maths is too stressful. They just need to paint and be themselves. Yeah, yeah, they need to find themselves <laughs> at five. <laughs> they uh I actually do want to know this because I'm genuinely curious about it. I, I think about this a lot. Where the fuck would I send my kids? And I want to know these two things. Is Montessori worth it? Is Steiner worth it? Did you go to either of those schools? Can you give me a rundown of what the fuck you actually learnt there? Because every time I've ever asked anybody that goes to those schools, they have these really wishy-washy answers, which kind of feeds into the stereotype of who these people are, because they are just always hippies. But you know what else I do? I I think Bill Shorten's daughter goes to one of those, like, alternative schools i don't know which one it was but i spoke to her and dude like she has more mature conversations than everyone i know my age she she she, it was really creepy she's like eight or ten or something like that and she was just like why were you speaking to her it's just like I, was, I called up Bill once 
And then he just said to me, he was just like, hey, Are you hey. calling to you? Like, yeah, just called up old Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk to him that much. I do talk to him from time to time. Um, wow. But uh, he was, and yeah, like I, I was just like, uh, I was just being like, yeah, yeah, so anyway, Danny business bill. And then he was just like, yeah, just hang on a second, hang on a second. You, you just come in here, Crystal, or whatever her name was. I don't think it was Crystal. But then, yeah, she just came in and she started speaking to me because uh, she was, I can't remember, she's a fan of one of the videos. Anyway, so she was just watching it. Yeah. And so she was just talking to me and um like it, it was amazing like her her vocabulary was so well developed and she it really was just like it was like listening to a 40-year-old with a 10-year-old's voice. Do you think that sometimes children can actually sound more intelligent than definitely teenagers because when you become a teenager so self-conscious. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to be seen as a nerd and you say like a lot, and then that changes again in your twenties. Yeah, and you think, no, I actually want to have a <laughs> be able to decent command of the English language, <laughs> not sound like an idiot. <laughs> Unless you're at Triple J, then when you're forty, you're still like, yeah, like it's mad, dude. Just like <sighs> hit up the surf, and <laughs> we know you're not happy with your life. Stop no, pretending. I, I really despise the fact that uh, through my Adolescent and teenage years, I sort of turned away from uh, well, just things like age, just general eloquence and public speaking because I thought, oh, that's gay or some stupid reason. Really? Well, probably it's just social what, pressure, just... right? Oh, maybe not specifically gay, but hang on, like you thought, like the English language like sucked balls. Was that what happened? Well, I just would have probably thought it would have been lame to sound. <laughs> too intelligent and would have rather spoken like hey bro what's up my my dog or whatever yeah yeah because i remember that this this period of really looking up to rappers i think it's still i, it, I don't think that was a period i think now they still look up to well they look Mumble up to those rappers. no now in australia they're looking up to the uh the drill crews you're one four and 21 district and Look, so I know that everyone's going to say that you don't get it, but fuck, I don't get so it. And all that now. Um, and I think some of that is great. It's really great music. But what sort of a culture does that foster in young boys in particular? Fucking reading is for pussies, man. <laughs> it actually does foster It does foster a culture. You're right. I can't believe I even forgot that. I can't believe that that was like strange to me when you said that. But I, I do definitely remember being about 16 to 18 and just thinking, yeah, you just finish every sentence with motherfucker. That's mad. Yeah. It was, what was good with you was that you said from about after 18, 19, 20, you'd immersed yourself in self-help and yeah. really uh, expanding your breadth of knowledge, whereas... Took me till about twenty two or twenty three to really start doing that. I was always reading, but from when I finished high school, I didn't go to uni. So from when I finished high school to till about twenty two, I'd say so a good four or five years there, I wasn't really pursuing any sort of further study. Or I was writing a lot. I was writing my comedy. I was writing my films. So I suppose I was still exercising the mental muscle. But 
that's still a formative time of, well, your brain, you, you know, it's growing up to the age of 26 for men. And I just wonder, you know, if I could have, you can't spend too long, you know, pondering about the past, but maybe if I had been doing a bit more then and, and not just, what would I have been doing back then? Probably just watching Facebook and and YouTube videos, which I needed to do because it was my career. Well, see, this is the thing. Because you did that, you had a huge burst in success very quickly. Yeah. Because the other thing that happens when you start really going into self-help, and it's, this is not an excuse not to read it, but you get worse at everything. Like, I remember when I started reading and writing, uh, sorry, reading comedy and stuff like that. When I look at the time when I knew nothing about comedy and was just doing films and stuff like that with my friends to when I started reading and writing with, uh, sorry, studying comedy, the comedy was so much worse, so much worse. Yeah, right. That was way better. And also just this kind of feeling of freeness and just going for it. Mm. So it's like it, it was an investment that you really didn't need to make. Yeah, and look, I can't – I it, it, I would still definitely uh, – exercising the brain during that period. I was writing a lot of films and I wrote some feature films and things. But anyway, to come full circle, I do think there are a lot of really intelligent children that maybe dumb themselves down on purpose due to social pressures, especially in Australia. We've got tall poppy syndrome. I suppose that's true. And also, like, Bill Shorten's daughter is hanging out with Angela Merkel and, you know, Boris Johnson and things. So (laughs) This is going to be very... Eloquent. Yeah, um, right? Yeah. And it's really remarkable when you just listen to interviews even from the 60s and 70s, not that long ago, how much smarter everyone sounded. Mm. Just your day-to-day true. person they were That's interviewing on the street. And then you read letters from soldiers uh, from World War Two, who were probably just tradesmen here, mm. probably didn't even go, probably would have dropped out of school in year eight or nine. Yet the... Uh, the way they wrote was fantastic. Poets. Impeccable. Yeah. Holy hell. Brilliant the way they wrote. Yeah. Very formal, quite artistic, uh, emotive, but also just extremely eloquent. Maybe they've chosen the best letters. I'm I'm assuming they have for all these ones that – or on the internet, or in textbooks and things. But even then, no one could write a letter as well as they could. No. These were people with shrapnel flying past them and probably a malnourished, yet they can still write so... Better than us. Brilliantly, so poignantly. It's really sad. You know what, actually, though? Uh, just today... Really sad. Just today, someone was saying that that uh, someone I work with was just saying that uh, the reason your put-downs work so well in a kind of just your, your best videos is because they're just better worded. You're, pre- you're pretty much making the same points as everybody else, but... You're just able to express the point more eloquently. And it's, it is truly, I've, I know we've discussed it before, but such a power 
such it a really power is. in being able to select the right word. And this is the other thing as well. This is the huge giveaway, I reckon, between somebody who's uh, got what it takes and doesn't. They are selecting the right word. If it requires a big word, they've got that in their artillery. But if they can use a simpler word, they will use the simpler yeah, word. Yeah, that's the main thing. You don't want to show off. Uh, because the showing off thing is just, it detracts. Hmm. The best example, you remember that debate with Jordan Peterson and that black guy that like everyone on earth hates? That just Cornel had Cornell West. No, no, no. No, Cornell, every, people like Cornell. Cornell's cool. Cornell's the one that kind of looks like Dredrick Tatum except skinnier, right? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I mean, so, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, Don King. Yeah. <laughs> he looks exactly. Whoa, he does. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah just this huge vocabulary. But every word that he used was wanky. Was he jargon? didn't mean to use it. It was jargon. It's um, the word for prolix. Yeah. I learned from that verbal advantage. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, so, like, it just... Mm. Just real quickly, what you do that's uh, brilliant. No one's ever done this. I don't think in the history of uh, political commentary is that you can have these uh, extremely eloquent, scathing uh, excoriations of a politician or a personality, and then you just jump right into, and that's why he's a fucking sloppy cunt. And it's just the best thing. It's the best thing in history. It's so funny. And it's just remarkable to watch that. No one does that. No one who speaks as eloquently as that will just jump into that kind of vernacular. Mm. Whereas anyone with that vernacular wouldn't be able to speak as eloquently as that. And it's, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. No, I think it's. I really think it's art. It's just. It's. 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 It definitely hasn't been done before. And. But this it's is what truly I'm remarkable. It, like what we were saying at the beginning of this, that's why I truly hate uh, the ABC comics that we have such a gripe with. They 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 have this. They have these rules that they're following in their heads. It just becomes very pompous. It's so pompous, but like I truly think that a great communicator, a great uh, comedian is somebody that can just do that, like has the entire range just because mm. it's, they're all little colours of a palette, right? Like it's just, if you're just saying, no, I'm not going to be doing lowbrow humour, well, you've just gotten rid of all the browns, all the reds, that's mm. all gone. You can't use them on your little palette anymore. It's a good way of, that's a really good metaphor. Don't you think? Yeah. And it's the same as just like staying in lowbrow. It's just like, oh, okay, brown note, brown note, brown note. Oh, well, that's pretty predictable. Yeah. There's something. You want the pastilles. When you're, uh, I suppose, introducing someone with that very uh, blue collar vernacular, it's so much more potent from an emotional standpoint versus uh, being high and mighty and and in some cases quite pompous. There's something really straightforward and uh, just uh, enthralling about someone. Just like George Carlin, for example. He would just come out and you know, he swore all the time, but he made really um, important, significant points. Mm. Mm. 
So that's like it, that is part of it, isn't it? It's just like it the right be. word for the right moment, the right and the right style for the right moment, right style because for the right moment. When you sort of jump from those two styles, you, you're doing it at the perfect time. Mm. You're doing it. You're really uh, sort of articulating the corruption that is occurring. For example, then you're going in that whatever we want to call it, eloquent Jordan. And then when you're just sort of attacking someone's persona, it becomes whatever you, I don't know. That's your T-shirt, isn't it? Fatty McFuckhead. Yeah. That's what you want. Shit cunt Jordan. Shit, <laughs> whatever yeah, you want shit to be. Like, cunt Jordan. And it's just the perfect, it's, it's, it's a great little uh, uh, combination that you've got there. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think this this is something that I've been like grappling with a lot. It's like the idea that those people that are in that you can't say these things or that's racist or that's rude or whatever. They're in a culture. And then there's, and like, the other ones that are just, like, you know, you, you blue collar just like, yeah, anything gays, fuck that. that. That's also a culture. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I wish, I really, really, really wish that I was uh, more on the pulse of what these cultures are and how they behave so you can just kind of, like, enter their world, I suppose. It's the downside, I think, of just spending a lot of time just reading, which is that you you don't really uh, gel into any of those cultures anymore. And you start just picking ideas from all of the other places that suit. Sure. And so you do actually just become more of an individual when you do start reading these things. You don't buy into the group think of it anymore. But it would be nice to buy into the group think every now and then or have the ability to do that. Because as we're always mm. saying on this, like have everything to- in life is a culture. There, there's cultures everywhere. Yeah, I think it's a, and it's there's a, a... there's a hypnotic trance to them. It's a skill to have the ability to jump into a certain culture if it's necessary, but uh, I think the really brilliant thinkers are always going to be individuals. And they, that's what yeah, I mean. Always, like, what yeah. you do, it is just... No, regardless of whether, you know, people even agree with you, what no one can argue with is that you're very unique. Yeah. In your commentary and, 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 and your art. It's just... It has never been done before because you're using a very recent medium no one's doing anything even remotely similar to what you do anywhere in the world that i'm aware of Mm. so it's uh it's really it's great (laughs) you know what actually (laughs) thanks man you know what recently uh we just heard somebody somebody from the un contacted us and said that there's a lot of people at the un that watch us that have nothing to do with australia uh, and they all watch Friendly Geordies. Well, that says something. It definitely says something. Oh, God. But I think it is just that. I, I really do think it's exactly what you were saying there before. It's like it, it's like there's 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 two choices in life, I suppose, which is that you can either just become part of a culture or you can kind of create your own culture, I suppose. And creating your own culture is a lot, lot harder. It's way more of a slog. When you're on the right track. That's what's something I'd aim for as well. To not just be... But, dude, I'm, I'm very, very jealous of that. That's the thing that I've no, always been saying of how right. you're able to do that because well, you are on. able to, like, identify, like, the, the essence of a culture very quickly and just be like, 
those people like this, doesn't, they don't like that. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean I can imitate it or sort of uh, uh, come across in a way that they would find amicable. I think I'd, I'd have a better ability to do that, but it doesn't always necessarily mean I can do it. Um, what you have is that no one can say, you know, with almost every other comedian or just singer, artist in general, you people can say, oh, this is the new... Uh, Madonna, this is the new Chris Rock, this is the new insert famous artist throughout history. You, you just can't, like, there's no one that you could mm. say, oh, Jordan's the new, not that I know of. Yeah. Because you, you have com- stand-up comedians who delved into political commentary and were very scathing, but they were not as meticulous in their... Uh, well, they're journalism, obviously, right? They were comedians, only comedians. Mm. Now, you've got that, but then you've also got this sort of journalistic side that really delves into all the issues and 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 unpacks everything and sort of brings out this almost this report. And so you can't say, you know, oh, Jordan's the Australian George Carlin or anything. You're not. Like, there's not, no one throughout history that you can say you're the new that person. You just can't, which is, that's pretty special. Yeah. I think it is. Dude, this is this is really, really scary. I do actually think that this is the case. I think it is just a thing. It's such a broken record, but I, I just really don't think that people are very widely read. I'm not saying that I'm like extremely widely read, but I just think that people, if vast majority of people, it's the same thing as like, I think that the the average writer in World War One, the reason that they'd be writing better mm. is because there wasn't any other mediums. Yeah. There would have been a book. And so they True. would have just read a book. That's that would have been their entertainment. Do. That's all they Perhaps could there was radio, but the guy on the radio would be very eloquent and he oh. would have read a lot of books. So that would have been what was going into your brain. Mm. So you don't have that anymore. Like you have to make, and it's such a slog, even for somebody who understands the importance of reading. I'm constantly getting distracted by the modern world. There is this suction of the modern world to bring you into the dumbest, lowest element it possibly can. It's really, really hard to keep graping yourself out and just being like, no, 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 I really have to do this hour of reading. That is a tough thing to do. But well, even an hour. I mean, the people a hundred years ago were probably reading five hours a day. Yes, minimum. Yes, the ones, especially the ones that were then going into professions that involved some sort of uh, literary or oratory skills. Mm. But even if you weren't doing that, I'm sure that the average person back then would have read like A Tale of Two Cities or Moby Dick. Yeah, I haven't read any of that shit. I've I haven't read, read any literature. No, uh, I've read a few of the. Uh, I've got a few Apple classics that I've read, but uh, do you reckon it's many. worth it? Do you think it's worth reading literature? I'm sh- if you are going to be a writer, if you want to sort of write creatively or create anything, yeah, I think it would be for sure because their the way they wrote was just immaculate compared to really? the novels of today. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah compared <laughs> you have to, to the sit novels down of today. Almost focus sometimes. And half the words, you, you, you got to sit there with a dictionary. Really? 
Yeah, I mean, usually when you don't know one word in a sentence, you can pick up what the, the gist of the sentence. But I like to just... That's my big New Year's resolution. Uh, really uh, improve my vocabulary. Maybe that's the key. Fuck, I never even thought about this. This is terrible. Yeah. The Maybe way it to... is just reading high literature because you know something else as well. I've got a cousin sure. who's... Um, my cousin, John, I love him. He's hilarious. Uh, he He was homeschooled. Mm. And so he is an extremely individual man because it was kind of just like a one-man Steiner. That guy read whatever he wanted. He studied whatever he wanted. And as a result of that, because his entire surroundings as a child, he speaks... It's weird. First of all, I don't know how, but he's developed this like accent that sounds like a combination of German and high British. He sounds like a character from a Jane Austen novel that sounds a bit German. Mm. And every word that he uses, it sounds like he's from the 1800s. It's pretty incredible. And he does. He just rattles off sentences that just sound very high. And it's it comes naturally to him. And he does that all the time. Like, he will just be rattling off, like, some 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 quote from Plato, some quote from... Uh, literature and stuff like that and he's not trying to be a wanker it's just like that's the first thing that comes to his head mm. and it's the culture of the day it was the culture of the day and when you're speaking to him you have that all the time even me and i do consider myself as having a better vocabulary than the average person but i sit there and listen to him and i say that constantly what does that word mean there's very few people that i have that with Maybe that's the key. The Maybe the key is, is high he, literature. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely. And the sad thing is, if he had gone to a normal school, he would have gotten that bullied out of him. Yeah, <laughs> that's the sad thing. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. No, he would be a comp- the bottom of the food chain there. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, like this is what my mum was constantly saying because I was always saying as a kid, I want to be homeschooled like he is because he just gets to stay at home all day. Um, you know, it just seems like the dream for someone in primary school mm. of like they get to watch all of Dragon Ball Z, they can have lunch whenever they want, like all that stuff. But then, <laughs> but then she was just always saying, you do not want his life. You don't want it because you won't develop the social and emotional skills. And I understand that that is the point of going to school really, is just figuring out how to mm, interact with people. That's it, isn't it? That's pretty much it. But <laughs> all the rest is pointless. All the rest is pointless. It should just be a six-hour lunchtime. Yeah. But I think out that, like, the psychology of it. Man, it's... You know what we needed for our careers? Uh, Two to three years at school. That's it. The rest of it was a waste of time. The rest really, of the time we yes. should have just been yes. homeschooled like he was and reading high literature. That's... <laughs> Could have dropped out in year eight. Well, we got a lot of we got ten years to catch up on. I got to start. Well, if you have any recommendations at home of books that are good, gripping, and will expand your vocabulary, let us know. Yes, please and do. Please, please don't do. say Moby Dick. I really don't want to read that book. I mean, I, look, everyone always says it's the greatest book ever written. I still don't understand 
why that is. But I remember that one of my friends was reading it and he was saying that there's a hundred pages in the middle that is completely redundant. They just He just starts describing whales, but it was back when they thought whales were fish. So it's just so inaccurate. It's, 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 it's kind of just facts from that time that aren't facts. <laughs> well, it's written well. That's the main thing. Yeah. Um, let's get into one of our subscriber questions before you can listen to our immaculate banter that uh, we recorded at the start of this podcast, which you'll hear eventually. It just keeps getting better. Uh, we Grappling with more and more straws. Got one of our uh, $10 subscribers sent in a question. Uh, if you don't know already, uh, you have the opportunity to, to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, go to neilcolhatka.com slash podcasts. There are 10 and $30 a month subscriptions available. At $10 a month, we will answer a question from you. Uh, and at $30 a month, we'll do an entire podcast uh, based on your topic. There's only two of the $30 a month subscription options left. So there's only two left. And then once those are taken up, you've got to wait till someone unsubscribes. And there's only six of the $10 ones left. So once those are taken up, you've got to, again, wait till someone unsubscribes. All right. So this is from Shannon. Hey, yeah, Neil sure. and Jordan, I'm yeah, 27 and discovered the pod during my self-help discovery that started in October of last year. This would have come in 2020, so. 2020. Oh, you're one of those, are you? Neil and I were discussing you, specifically you the other day, Shannon. This is Shannon, quite- mate. Yeah, good on you, Shannon. Since then, I've read eight self-help books after not reading anything really for about six years. I wanted to thank Jordan, especially for his self-help channel and his recommendation of The Slight Edge. Oh, I haven't read that one. Slight Edge is fantastic book. My question is, what advice would you give to someone who only recently started their self-development journey and comes from a background of being deeply enmeshed? His background is he grew up a Jehovah's Witness and based, uh, based on our childhood episode, would have been deeply enmeshed due to the strict nature of the religion. I've been shunned by my entire family for leaving. Ooh. And as such, have had to rebuild my entire support network over the last six years. Keep up the good work, guys. You are changing lives with your banter. Well, first of all, that's a beautiful message. Thank you very much, Shannon. And yeah, good on it you, means man. a lot that uh, we've uh, helped you. So appreciate it. No, that does, especially in your circumstance. That's a tough one. Mm. There's nothing worse than getting shunned from your community. That That is the equivalent in the human mind to death. Yeah. So you experience death. Because you can think about it rationally and say to yourself, look, I've done the right thing, but the your feedback. whole adolescence and your childhood was just enmeshed into that culture. So you've still got that emotion of, oh, is, is this sinful? Am I still allowed to do this? Mm. That will stay with you for a very, very long time. Mm. Although you, mm. you can get out of it. It's just going to take a lot of discipline and... Uh, self-discovery, but it sounds like you're on the right path. I'll tell you what you should do, especially if you're in that circumstance. There's, I, I can't even remember her name now, but my girlfriend had just read it and she's talking about it. She just gave me like a rehash of it. But I can't, you, you will find this very easy if you just write uh, girl from charmed biography and it's just all about cults. She lived in a cult and then she got out of it and she was just basically giving like a nuts and bolts of this is how it is. This is how you get programmed. These are the good aspects of it. These are the bad aspects of it. Because she definitely mm. says that there was good aspects of it. It's the same thing with uh, Jehovah's Witness. You, that that would not have all been bad. Yeah. I understand that there was like a real orthodoxy to it, obviously. But if you're in Jehovah's Witness, 
you would be a lot more disciplined than the average person. I can guarantee you that. That's true, yeah. <laughs> well, what you would have had was such a great sense of community and family and, and meaning in your life. So you've got to make sure you could still replace those things with something that is just as meaningful and, and uh, significant to you because uh, if you otherwise just uh, live your, uh, I guess, average 27-year-old's life, that's not going to fulfill you in the same yeah, way. You won't have that haze that most people have. Yeah, so... Uh, find something to fill that void that leaving the community has left. Mm. Yeah, you really need to find that. But you know what you find though is that keep reading. You can, you can. You, it's, I would, I would replace serving Jehovah. I don't know anything about your religion, but serving like the the, the God that you've like uh, <coughs> heathenly shunned. And uh, re- <laughs> replace it with uh, re- replace it with like serving the community, and you will get material gain out of that. I was just seeing that the other day, like mm. I was just sitting there, uh, you know, fuck, what a brag. But I was looking at my bank account and just thinking, like, fuck, there's so much money in there, and I didn't realize that there was. And you know why it was? Because just not concerned with money at all. You just completely served. Well, I've got to say it. <laughs> You bought it up <laughs> and you didn't at all. I just uh, you know what? Here's another reason why I'm mad. Um, but, yeah, it, it came out of this. It, I, I truly believe this is because I just am not focused on money. Mm. I'm focused on service. I'm truly focused on that. And as a result, everything else just gets handled in life. And I think that you have the fundamentals of that to begin with. So you shouldn't just sit there and say that this is all bad. In terms of enmeshment, the book that I highly recommend you read is Silently Seduced. The other one, obviously, is um, uh, Neil Strauss's The Truth. And then the final one is, now I've gone blank about it, but you can just type this into Google. Just type in waves, anchors, islands. Like those three give you really good fundamentals in dealing with relationships in life. And like it gives you the nice picture of how your early relationships are developing your current relationships and just imprinted your entire world. So just look up those three. Do you have any other recommendations for relationship books that I've missed? Why him, why her? But that's like- So I've got to read that one. Uh, Specifically for that sort of relationship? No, because all the ones I've read have been mainly focused on romantic relationships. Uh, let me just, uh, if I think of one, I'll, I'll, but you're not as much of a fan of the truth, are you? Didn't. Yeah. That part, that portion, when he was at that rehab clinic and, and learned a lot about the, um, love styles, your love avoidant and your love addict and things like that. That was really brilliant. But then his whole, just his detail about his, you know, when he was having all those orgies or whatever, that just seemed like a brag to me. Yeah. There's just no need for that. I didn't. Mm. You could have just summed that up in a chapter, mm, mm, mm. but I guess he's still got to sell the book. <laughs> no, look, it was a good book. It's a good book. I think uh, you should read it. But uh, no, it didn't really speak to me in the same way. You're the, the ones I still like. That you're you're not a fan of the guy, but they're the most basic ones. But I really like them. The um, Mark Manson ones. Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck and uh, everything's... But it's got another one called Models, which is, again, these are all... The, those first two are more about just general self-help and then that Models one is more about romantic relationships and dating for men. Um, 
but yeah, look, specifically dealing with enmeshment, I don't uh um no, I haven't read very widely on that topic. So those are the ones I can't think of any those really like everything else that I read in it was kind of just a rehash of those books. Um but yes, yeah, something on attachment theory would be very, very helpful. And uh there's a good book I read about, uh, I think it's actually just called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and that's a way you can, that's an, a tool in your in your belt to help you, well, get over any sort of negative thought patterns you may be experiencing. Hmm. I think it's actually just called CBT. Well, I can't remember exactly, but it was obviously it's about that. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, yeah. Basic it was guide the, of it. Yeah, it, it was the... Uh... It was the predecessor to NLP. NLP is just kind of just a marketing zhuzh on cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, NLP, it's adding a few hippie elements. It's, from all accounts, it's pretty effective. But it's just that same idea of just like, this is how you're communicating with yourself. Yes. Really. Um, Yeah, it seems to me, though, with you, you have all of the fundamentals there. Yeah, have a much more successful life. It's if he's on the right track. That British guy, British comedian with that really puppety leathery face that just got done for tax avoidance. So no, he's got all of those like British comedian best burns on YouTube. Oh, um, Jimmy Carr, Jimmy Carr. Oh yeah, him. Is that his the name? The one liner guy. One liner guy. One liner guy. I think I, I think this was from memory. He decided to become a comedian. I think at twenty eight. Really? Wow. Yeah, he's and, done very and, well. And he did very well, very fast, and it was the same reason I think that my girlfriend has done exceptionally well at acting. First off, she's Asian, so she's just got studying just in her genetics. But then the other thing is that. It, she, she also grew up in a Christian household. There's a discipline there that happens when you grow up in a Christian household because you know what it is? It's just early AD self-help. It does instill a lot of principles in you. Yeah. And yeah. If, you're, if you've got those fundamentals there, I think that really what you just need is just like, it, because it, it just became an orthodoxy, right? It was just like just reading Mark Manson. That's it. That's all you've ever read in your life. Yeah. You know? I think it's the same thing that, like, when you look at people's, like, either hatred or blind following of Jordan Peterson, it's because they've only read Jordan Peterson. And if they haven't only read Jordan Peterson, it's because they're only on one of those, like, shit Reddit sites, you know? Like, they yeah. only listen to this podcast that really fucking hates Jordan Peterson. They they come from that same nexus. It's 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 an orthodoxy. Mm. Whereas when you look at it, you're just like, yeah, that's a smart guy. I don't have to agree with everything that he says. Like it's just you thought, should listen to fucking smart people. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's thought deeply got, about other things. They've thought deeply about things. So it's it's the same thing with this. It's like I wouldn't just poo poo your entire childhood. That's a great point. You know? Yeah, you almost <laughs> want to be grateful for some of the uh, uh, measures of discipline they may have instilled into you and you probably have a uh, an advantage over the average 27 year old again so i do think that i do you, think that like and it's that do. same thing it's like it's a trade-off in life and it's like uh you know you can decide to cast the direction like what you've done neil like how you just went straight into it 
figured out the tools of blowing up very quickly, did that, then decided to go back and move into self-help, you know? But because you set up that, your lifestyle has put you in the position where you have, honestly, the, the lifestyle that I'm most jealous of, which is just sitting in your bachelor pad all day, working out and reading. It's fucking bad. It's like, it, it, it's, yeah, it's not, not bad. bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's like, you can, like, if, if you just start getting in, if, if you've had some form of effort instilled on you, that effort just pays dividends for the rest of its life in other areas. Yeah. You haven't thought about yet. Yeah. So if you think too negatively about your uh, past experiences, what you do is you get into then a negative thought pattern about, even though I probably may have, may have just displayed this earlier when I was talking about, oh, those four or five years when I didn't read or whatever. But you want to avoid thinking too dramatically about, oh, if, you know, what if I hadn't been in the Jehovah's Witnesses or what if things had gone differently? They've happened. You are where you are. Uh, you can see it as a negative position or you can see it as uh, experience and wisdom mm. and something to draw upon, which mm. I'm sure it will be. Mm. So, yeah, when you're, when you're reading those books about attachment theory, just think about it from this perspective, which is that you don't want to be... This is the reason that I always shunned these books and, and always didn't want to look into it and had this stigma around people that complained about their parents. You're not complaining about your parents. You're just understanding how they shaped the person that you are today. That's that's what you're looking at, really, yeah. when you're looking at these books. You're not sitting there looking for reasons to blame them so that your life sucks. No, mm. you're just looking at it so you can just use it as a tool to be like, oh, okay, I behave like this and this is because of that. It gives you a depth of understanding that you can then change your behaviors or you can lean into your natural behaviors. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, look, I'm very glad to hear that you have done that. I'm always very, very happy when people say that they have moved on to self-help because it's, it's what Jordan Peterson says. It's just one less scoundrel in the world. And it's true. If you start reading self-help, you're at least not another drain on society. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> well, all the best, Shannon. Good on you, Shannon. appreciate that. Um, like I said, uh, neilgohacker.com slash podcast if you're interested in subscribing. We're going to wrap this portion of the episode up. But uh, as I've as we've mentioned, the banter is about to uh, come. We did record it earlier. We just didn't have the microphone on. I do apologize. This won't happen again. This is just a total technical mishap on my part. Forgot to press record. Very amateur error. So apologies. But uh, if you don't want to sit through the bad audio, we will. Uh, we'll see you next time. Good on you. Good on you, Shannon. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, podcast where two comedians talk like experts on topics they're definitely not experts on. My name's Good Neil. Day. I'm joined by Jordan. You may know him as Friendly Geordies, uh, the labor faggot, as he is fondly known <laughs> yeah. as. He's, uh... Hey, for those of you who don't know, uh, yeah, I'm just in a constant beef with the Deputy Premier of New South Wales and behind closed doors he called me a Labour faggot. And, I'll give this a least read, something else big is brewing there, but I can't go into that at all. Ooh. But I'll tell you after. You always here. give these teasers. Yeah, I do. You're always like, oh, something big is going to happen. It's been drained. I just can't talk about it. You're like <laughs> that kid in high school that's like, I know who likes you. <laughs> 
Who? Oh, I can't tell you. Oh, you fucking cunt. Why? Just don't say that then. <laughs> but didn't it drive you mad? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it works. It so definitely it works. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise is coming. <laughs> Teasers absolutely work. There is a, such an art to them. I, Don't you like I, see I, that I sometimes? Like, you know, right now you say that, and I'm like, I want to know. Every now and then, Drama. there's just something that you hear that you know is just going to be pop, sugar, filth on commercial radio, and they just say that, like, yeah, all this and more coming up. And you, like, I feel myself just sitting there being like, I'm going to listen to two songs. And I'm going to listen to what? Eight ads just to hear what this is about. That's so true. Yeah, radio stations always do that. They're like, we'll play this song coming up soon. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then it's just five ad breaks. Yeah. And, you, you, you know, you go around the block an extra time. Oh, I just want to hear the song. <laughs> yeah, wow. Spotify is really... Um, then again, there's something about the anticipation of that that I don't think they'll ever die. Whereas... You know what it is? It's kind of like free porn versus OnlyFans. You think, why do so many people subscribe to OnlyFans when there's so much free porn out there? It's the constant teasing. It's like the pokies of porn. Mm. You put in this money, mm. you're like, what am I going to get? What do I get mm. at this mm. level? She like, And then when you do the video chats, she acts like a girlfriend. She's really nice to you and she... Actually, that doesn't sound like a girlfriend. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, too right. Though. Not a long term one, eh? Yeah, um, definitely not. But, but no, she's very. You know, it's a lot about emotional emotional intimacy as well. It's not just uh, webcam sex. Is that why? Yeah, there's this good video by uh, Charisma and Command about the um, the the psychology of OnlyFans, and it's super interesting. It's it is a big game almost. You're unlocking different levels, and you want to be in her top tier and. And then you get this, you unlock the one-hour video conference where she's, you know, she's probably this, like, hot... If you're some, you know, 60-year-old Indian guy that never got married and there's this, like, hot 22-year-old just naked on a webcam talking about, how was your day? Oh, you're so, you're so big, you look so good. Of course you're going to pay for that. Damn. You don't pay for it as well. It's actually fucking hell. I never, yeah, like, because I've just got no interaction with OnlyFans at all. I didn't know that there was just these level unlocked of just like, uh, yeah, you know, you have accomplished level pussy. I think that's, <laughs> that's what the way they describe it. You know, really? Shooter, Shooter has an OnlyFans. That's fucking For his gambling funny. tips. It's amazing. Well, an OnlyFans is gambling tips. Yeah, yeah, he's cracked the code. Yeah. So he doesn't actually get his cock out at all. I think so. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's getting but, to read on his cock. Yeah, maybe. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he has a he has a he has a OnlyFans for kids. For kids. How, How much does he that? make? I don't know. Probably a lot. I don't know. <sighs> but I love that gambling Navigated the whole system to be like, yep, I could do porn, or I could just give out my um. Hunting tips. Isn't that amazing? No wonder that man is like one of the most beloved sensations on Australian internet. Like he has a PhD in the trots. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think that it's It's actually worth it? Do you think that you make more money than you spend? (laughs) I mean... It is legend. It's like it's it's as Aussie as it gets. it's, um, It's just a great way to... You know what? I... 
if I really liked a creator and, you know, I had an option to sus- subscribe to their Patreon or I had an option to subscribe to their gambling only fans, only fans I'd subscribe to the gambling only just as, a, as, as like, yeah, I love your work. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we should do a um, Neil and Jordan only fans. What are we dispensing? Just, roasting just this same thing cups. you get it. Just oh, being yeah. like, you know what's good? Adding value. Okay, 60 bucks. <laughs> Adding value, being disciplined, don't be an SJW. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the three tiers. Uh, okay, number only yeah, five f- women listen to the podcast. That's every podcast. That's the That's final podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> People still listen to this thing. I don't know why. <laughs> Neil and Jordan's only fans. It's so true, isn't it? The Common Sense Brigade only fans. Just all these phrases of ours. <laughs> oh yeah that's kind of interesting yeah yeah that's kind of like comedy I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> those TV comedians fuck that <laughs> that is so true you know who I hate these specific ABC comedians I'm thinking of them now I'm not going to say who they like are none of our audience would know they never would and there's no way those ABC comedians are ever going to like uh Listen to this as well. No, it's, 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 so true. it's funny how, like, you, me, and then the other guys, like Lewis, Isaac, all of us, we're always, like, complaining about the, you know, the TV comedians and the radio comedians. It's like, no one knows those people. <laughs> no, no. People who listen to us like, who the fuck are these people? Oh, you no. guys are way bigger. Stop. <laughs> it's so, what is this? Dude, it's like self-imposed chip on our shoulder. Yeah, like, it is. That's what it is. It's, oh, we didn't get that. <laughs> Even though they would rather be in our position, no. having our own uh, following and being able to do what we want. And now I'm sure probably, well, definitely those guys would be making more than the average ABC comedian. I reckon. Yeah. Wait, who? Just the other guys, the other internet guys, I think for sure. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Without question. They're not employed for yeah. years at a time sometimes. They're not a slave. <laughs> they're not a slave and also it's just like really think about what their life is it's just like okay there's this uh, show that's starting out you can be a part time writer on it okay so what's that 30 grand uh-huh. and when's the next time the ABC is going to do that M- maybe in 5 years it's not like it's like a continual yeah. line of work it hasn't been since like the 80s that's true it's a very it is a very arduous bureaucracy there you know, that's a, that's a, you know, I'm a conservative when it comes to that, man. They're just inefficient. It yeah. takes like three yeah. years to get the second season out. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> just just be efficient. What do you have to pass? Like, there's so many producers and this. You have to pass it with these people and you've got to make sure if there's like, you know, um, people from certain cultures and races, you've got to like have the a lot liaison from that race or culture make sure that it's okay it's just this garbage like all this like entertainment red tape that needs to just fuck off isn't that just such an oxymoron entertainment red tape <laughs> yeah like it's, it's job it's... is to just pulp out anything remotely entertaining yeah it's this like emotional regulation so strange. And here we are again, just complaining about this. Um, yeah, it's weird. We're, we're complaining yeah, about a parallel life that, that we never really live. Exactly. And then, like, again, no one who listens to this would, ever, would probably not watch the ABC. No. I don't understand it. It's just, you know why? It's just this constant... 
It's this adolescent rage against a parent. That's, that's what it is. It, yeah. I really figured that's... We're still in a rebellious phase. Still in a rebellious phase of it. Yeah. It's, it's got no impact on our lives at all. Mm. I think we should be the parent. That, we're the ones that should be like, hey, you're lucky enough. We're going to invite you onto the podcast. That's a gift. I mean, see, wow. Have, dude, you know what would be an amazing little... And because they don't watch this, they never know that this is just a prank to begin with. <laughs> We could do a real Miles Davis on them and just ask, do you want to be on the podcast and see how many of them say yes? And then we say, we're only joking, fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. We really are in the teenage rebellious phase. <laughs> what a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> but is it a satisfying thought? Is <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> just making their day worse always makes my day better? I still love. I hope when you're like eighty, you're still. Whenever you impersonate someone that you want to mock, you do the walk for you. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an eight-year-old being like, and the kids these days are always like, "Oh my god, the fucking dunk hut." Has anyone ever been like, mm, "That's quite offensive"? When you say that, that's a, actually, you're implying that uh, people of uh, European descent are quite unintelligent. You yeah. know who never gets offended, though, Wogs? Exactly. If there's one culture in Australia that is never, like, Indians always, they get offended like everything, man. I'm actually ashamed sometimes, okay? like Really? I thought that they'd love jokes to just be like, Indians, you show cheap. Am like, I, that, like, like the people who follow me obviously do, but then there I've seen just a lot on, well, on, yeah, your TikTok and stuff that are just... There was a guy... Are they actually was, Indian, though? Like, are they Indian Indian? No, the Australian ones... Indian? Australian or American Indian. The ones that are Indian Indian never get upset at that stuff because yeah. they're not insecure about it. Whereas I also do get the argument that if you were, you know, constantly teased for being brown or Asian or whatever it is, you're probably a little bit more insecure about it, so you might become a, a wave when uh, people make fun of you. Although I think you can still work on that. But, yeah, I saw this one uh, video of a guy uh, duetting... You know how girls will always make fun of the creepy Indian man in the DMs trope? Yeah. And it's just true. Yeah. I make fun of it. And he was saying, this is so racist. Uh, you know, you people put Black Lives Matter in your bio, but then you do this. <laughs> and then, and then it's like, look, man, sorry that we are part of a race where there's a lot of men that just slide in creepily into girls' DMs. Just accept it and laugh about it. It's not... I don't think... Everyone who's making fun of that is going to see an Indian and be like, oh, they're just going to slide into my DA. Like, just because there's a stereotype exists, I don't think people are like, everyone who fits that appearance is going to have those traits. Yeah, I know. So it was just really, uh, yeah, it was. And then um, I did a role actually two or three years ago, which um, I knew it would get a bit of blowback, but I was this like taxi. I was, you know, your typical Indian kind of role, but. Everyone on the show was a stereotype. So, I mean, there's a Vietnamese woman called Trans Fat or something, and she had a pork roll bar <laughs> and a nail salon. It was just, obviously the show was just, you know, they didn't care. Mm. Um, so mm. that's why I was like, yeah, I'll do that then, because everyone's a stereotype. It's mm. not as though they're mm. just picking on the, the brown guy. But then, yeah, it was actually like more my uh, the, the brown guys that followed me that were like, man, this is disappointing that you did this. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, that word. Look. It's disappointing you use that. <laughs> what do you want me to... Like, if any... 
First of all, you're probably an accountant. So who's the stereotype? Okay. <laughs> Please stop acting. <laughs> if I didn't take the role, someone else would take the role. And you can, yeah, you can complain and whinge about it. Or, okay, this role is on offer. I took it thinking, one, it would be fine. A lot of people like you did for the money. I actually, I didn't do the Melbourne Comedy Festival that year. I would have made more money at the Comedy Festival. Yeah, easily. So I actually, like, for I, I was foregoing a bit of money to do that. And no one will believe me, but that's the truth. That's the God, God's honest truth. Uh, I still, yeah, they still gave me money for that, and, and it was good. Um, but it definitely wasn't for money. It like hundred percent. I will swear on my mother's life. It was not for money. Mm. And it, at the end of the day, it was actually kind of funny when I read the script. I was like, "Is when it's so unapologetic." Uh, when it's just so blatantly stereotypical, I laugh. It's the same with like um, lowbrow, any lowbrow comedy, right? When it's just like the word shit or like a fart joke, I'm like, this is so cringe. But when it's just, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen getting fucked in the elephant's <laughs> bowels, I'm like, yeah. you just got to laugh at this. Yeah, of course. So you either go all out yeah. with racist comedy, if you yeah. will, whatever yeah. you want to call it, or... You don't do it at all. But don't do this tepid little, oh, here's a little, here's a little, you know, <laughs> here's a little curry joke. But no, that's it. That's that's all I'm going to do. Just go all out. That's the worst, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, you actually, <laughs> you're really opening something up here, which is. But yeah, wolves never that. get a, they never, there's one culture that it just, all the jokes you can make, you can say anything. Because you know why? They came, their parents came here in 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. There was none of this, okay? They got beaten up for being a wall. Mm. They got completely ostracized, viciously bullied, and they persevered through that and made something of themselves. Probably half of them have businesses and are doing really well mm. and now have like five investment properties. So they, of course they're going to look at these other cultures coming in here being like, oh, you said a word, and they'd be like, shut the fuck up. You don't know what I went through. <laughs> Try growing up as with your name being Dimitri in the 80s, you fucking dog. Like, they are very resilient people. But you know what else as well, though? Yeah, that's true. But there is definitely like a... There's definitely a culture in Greece and, uh, you know, like the former Yugoslav countries and that kind of stuff. There you go. They they just they just really, really like ethnic humor, and I think it's just because there's just so many ethnicities all wind up together. Mm. Um, So there's just so many like different stereotypes and traits that they're always using. But that's all of like my entire memory of growing up in Croatian households Mm. is this just them just ragging on like you know macedonians and greeks and serbs and shit <laughs> yeah they all have i love how they all have in jokes for each other yeah i know <laughs> yeah greeks and Masos <laughs> hate each other they all hate the turks yeah serbians and croats hate each other mm. serbians and albanians hate each other yeah serbians and bosnians i think don't like each other yeah the only ones that I remember liking each other was everyone just hates Serbs and, and Turks. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones everyone hates. And you know what? The older I get now, the more I just realise, like, to him, I was brainwashed. Like, Serbs are fucking mad. Serbs are sick. <laughs> They're always on the right side of history. But before I get cancelled, so, we might go into that. So is Croatia and Albania kind of, do they like each other? 
through their mutual hatred of Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Slovenia. Slovenians and Croatians really like each other. Uh-huh. I think it was just because, like, when the U- when Yugoslavia was breaking up, those were the first two to just be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. And so they kind of stuck with each other, I guess. Right. Supported okay. each other a bit. Mm. Um, mm. But, yeah, like, dude, when it comes to lowbrow humour, I really hate the stigma that all of these shit comedians have around it, where it's just like, what? This wasn't recording.